Amen. Is it not good to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Where else would you rather be than in church? I love it. Love when seeing the Spirit move. Love it when a, just a song hits home. And just, just love it. Love being a part of it. I really do. I feel like the word this morning is, is timely. You understand that it is my burden to seek the Lord to the best of my ability as to what direction he wants me to go. This, this church is not led by me. Uh, I listen to the Lord as best I can. Uh, if I did my best in my own strength, sooner or later I'd lead us astray or I'd have us in a direction the Lord doesn't want us to go. It's, it's God that leads the way and he, he tells us which direction to go. So this morning, this message comes from uh, again, from our uh, Overcomer series that we're doing on Sunday nights. I've just been having such a great time with that. It's really just been speaking a lot of things to me. Um, and you know, each week we go through a different piece of the whole armor of God found in Ephesians chapter 6. Last week, which was week 4, we went through the shield of faith. And each week just seems to get better and better and more and more tremendous and I really have enjoyed it. And this message comes from last week uh, when we went through the shield of faith. I want to read that Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. Uh, it says this. It says, Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Let's read that again. It says, Above all. Taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now last week we learned about that shield of faith and how you have to get behind it. You have to hold it up and if you do it will quench all the fiery darts that, of the wicked one that he throws at you. Now, during our class we have our 15-minute video that we watch. And in that video which is led by Dr. David Jeremiah, he said something that really struck a chord with me. I remember going to bed that night, Sunday night, and reflecting upon the day's events, and my mind kept going to this one thing that Dr. David Jeremiah said. And he was talking about faith. He was talking about the shield of faith and what faith actually is. And then he was going over some strategies of how to strengthen your faith and your belief in the Lord. And he was saying that faith is active, it's not passive, that our faith should be alive and vibrant. There should be some passion, not, shouldn't be dead and dull, okay? That our faith should be like a muscle. What happens if you don't use a muscle? It gets weaker and weaker and weaker, okay? But if you use it and there's some resistance against that muscle, it strengthens. And he was likening that to faith, okay? But the statement that he used that stuck with me is this one of his strategies of, of growing our faith and strengthening our faith is he said listen now we need problems and he said that and I was kind of going right along you know amen amen you know how us church folks are someone says something you like amen amen brother and he said that and it was kind of like a amen amen wait a minute what did he just say hold on just a minute did he say we need problems and I went to bed that night, and I kept thinking of that over and over. My mind just kept going to that, and I felt like that's when the Lord says, there's your subject for Sunday morning. We need problems. Now, I know that's difficult to shout amen and hallelujah to, but 
Brothers and sisters, it's true. We need problems. We need them. In order for our faith to grow, in order for it to be strong and to increase, there has to be some resistance in our life. There has to be a problem arise of some type. Something that tests your faith. Something that tries your faith. We just heard a testimony of someone going through a trial. There has to be that to happen in order for your faith to become stronger. It, there must be problems. We do need problems. Now, I don't know about you, but I do my very best to avoid all problems. I do. I, all of the decisions that I make are to avoid problems. I don't want problems in my night life, and I don't know very many rational folks that desire problems. If you desire problems, I think something's wrong with you. Problems are bad. Amen? Problems are not good. I, I, I make decisions in my life to avoid problems. Okay? They're not fun. Because a problem, by definition, is an obstacle. You're, you're walking right along, and then bam, here's this obstacle blocking your path, represented by a problem. Okay? A problem is a source of distress. A, a problem is a source of vexation. That weighs upon you. That's what a problem is. And just plop, there they are. They just appear in your life. Now there's a problem. And we need them. A problem is difficult to deal with. Amen? Some problems are very difficult to deal with. Some problems do not readily present an easy solution for us to figure out. They're tough to resolve. Now some problems can be big problems. Some problems can be small problems, but some problems can linger on in our lives for a very long time, amen? They can last days, weeks, months, even into the years. These problems can just surface in our lives and cause us vexations, obstacles, problems. Now, I already told you, I don't really want any problems. I don't. I don't want any problems with people. I don't, want, I don't desire any problems in this ministry. I, I don't desire any problems. I don't want any problems in my marriage. I don't want problems with my kids. I don't want problems with my finances. I don't want them. But we need them. But yet I know in my heart of hearts, as much as I don't want them and I want to avoid them and I try to avoid them, I know in my heart of hearts that I need problems. You need problems in your life. You need them. They are necessary. Much as I hate to admit this, Dr. David Jeremiah is correct in his assessment that we need problems. We need them. Every single individual in this room needs problems. As reluctant as I am to even preach this, I know it's true. We need problems. We need obstacles. We need pitfalls. We need a ditch in our way. We need them in our lives. We need storms. We need trials. We need tribulations. You, you have to have them. Those are a necessary component to faith, to your Christian walk. You see, because if you don't have them, you don't have problems, there's no real chance for your faith to grow. There's no real chance for you to understand who God is. If he has no problems in your life, he's got nothing to work with. There's no chance for us to learn the nature of God. There's no chance for us to learn the character of God unless there's a trial or a tribulation in our lives, an obstacle in our path. Brothers and sisters, how can you know 
If Christianity is true, if it's never been tried, if it's never been tested in your life, how can you know? How do you know if this Bible is true or not? If it's never been tried, if it's never been put through the fire in your life? How do you know? There's no possible way you can know unless it's been tested. How do you know if it's worth it? You know, sometimes you're serving God when everything's okay. It's not so bad. Come in here, hug your church friends, raise the Lord, go home, get something to eat, take a nap. All is well. But when problems arise and it becomes difficult, it's tough for you to even get out of bed in the mornings. How do you know if it's worth it then? You need problems. We need problems. We must have problems in our life. All through the Bible. All through the Bible. Read through it. There's tons and tons of problems. People go through problems. And God uses them as opportunities to show himself strong. And to strengthen the faith of whoever is going through the problems. Without problems, how would you know that the promises of God are yea and amen? How would you know that? You wouldn't. Brothers and sisters, we have to exercise our faith muscle. We have to. There's no other way. We have to exercise that faith muscle. And to do that, it requires problems. They're necessary. The book of 1 Peter. The Bible talks a lot about this. book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 6. It says this of problems. It says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Listen, you know what that manifold temptations means? It means many problems, okay? Ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Verse 7 says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, Though your faith be tried with fire, it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now listen to that. Let's, let's read that in the NIV. Verse 6, about halfway through, says, You have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. But what does that produce? Let's look at verse 7 in the NIV. It says, These problems, these trials, have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith it's of greater worth of, than gold, which is, perishes, though refined by fire, but so that your faith through those trials may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Brothers and sisters, when you go through that fire, when it's all burning around you, when, when you're in a miserable place and there's problems all around you, very difficult problems, and there seems to be no solution you are being tested. You are being tried. What you believe is being put on the block, on the chopping block. You're in that fire. But the Bible says if you come through it and you cling to it and you hold on to the promises of God, then after that it produces praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You see, it's difficult to see that when you're in the problem. When you're in the midst of it, it's very difficult because all you want to do is, I want rid of this problem. Make things good again, Lord. But he doesn't. He plops the problem down in your path because he knows you need them. Be careful this morning, brothers and sisters. The problem that you may have may have been set there by the Lord himself. Be careful. Maybe just me. That's what the Bible says. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But when you get through that, oh man, it, it, it says the Bible says it brings glory to God. 
to see his children go through that problem and come out of it still believing, still trusting. When you go through problems, your faith is tested. It's tried. Problems put your beliefs through the fire. They test what you believe in. Is Jesus really Lord? Is Jesus really the Savior of your soul? Do you really believe in him? Do you really believe in the cross? Do you really believe in the blood of Jesus? It causes you to question those them thoughts, that your belief system. Causes you to rethink them. You see what I believe? I believe problems give God an opportunity to work. A problem is an opportunity to God. Problems test your faith to see if it'll break. They do. To see if your faith will fail. How how many of you remember just a couple weeks ago I preached on the parable that Jesus told us of the two different houses Remember, the storms came, the same storms, saved or unsaved, it doesn't matter. Storms come, and they hit that house. One fell, one stood. You know what those storms are? Problems. They're problems that arise in life. One of them collapsed, but one of them stood, the one that had the foundation that was built on Christ Jesus. Those two houses, their faith was tried. They were tested. Manifold temptations, many problems. Brothers and sisters, your faith can't be tested in any other way. It can't be. There's no way around it. I wish there was, but there's no easy way around having strong faith and facing your problems. In other words, you don't get strong faith by avoiding your fears, avoiding your problems. You must go through them. It's the only way. Because you know what I believe? And I've seen this in my own life. Nobody desires the Lord that bad when everything's good. When there's no problems, when a doctor hasn't come and said, hey, there's something wrong with you, or you get a bill in the mail that you can't pay, or something happens in your life, problems with kids or relationships, if everything is good, then you just kind of kick back and put it in cruise control. Nobody desires the Lord when everything's good. My wife and I, we have our own little trial of faith going on right now. And brothers and sisters, sometimes you have to say, you know what? This is what the the Word of God says. My wife and I read this book and we say, this is what it says. Though we don't really see or have much evidence to go on, we still must keep walking in faith. The Bible tells us we're not supposed to be walking by sight. We walk by faith. Faith is an awesome thing. Faith is a powerful thing. And the Lord wants us to have a strong faith in this church. A vibrant faith. An alive faith. And many people in this body are going through problems and have a lot of problems. Many have been going through problems that don't go away very easily. Many of your problems persist. But God sees them as an opportunity. It's an opportunity to show His nature and His character to you. You see, because problems strengthen a believer. They do. They strengthen the believer. You are not going to come out of a problem the same. You're not. You will not come out of the problem the same as before you entered the problem. Problems will produce something in you. 
If you hold on to it, despite what it looks like, despite what doctors say or whatever happens, despite all that, if you hold on to the promises of God, you will come out and it will produce something in your life. Something good. It will produce something good. It will. It truly will. Listen to what James has to say on the matter of problems. Okay? I think he's even worse than what Dr. David Jeremiah said. Dr. David Jeremiah just said we need problems. Listen to what James says. James chapter 1 verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. James here is saying, hey, Problems will produce patience in you. They produce something good in the believer. Problems produce patience. Patience, you ask yourself, what is patience? Patience is a virtue. Patience is a fruit. Patience is a characteristic that God wants to see growing in the lives of His children. He wants to see patience, fruit dangling off of your arms. He wants to see it. And there's one way He can get it, and it's by putting problems in your path. And letting you go through it. And not solving your problems instantaneously the second you pray for them. That's what I always pray. Lord, take this away, make it go away. But he doesn't, and we're forced to go through it. And then it produces something in us. Something that he wants to see grow in our lives. So James tells us it produces patience. That's just one of the things that problems produce. Patience. You know, that fruit of patience doesn't grow on its own. It does not. If you know someone in your life that's patient, usually it's an older person, you ask yourself, how did they get that way? How did they get so patient? I guarantee you, if you talk to that person and you really pick their brain a little bit, they'll tell you, my faith has been tested and tried many, many years, many years to get to the point that they are. James is telling us that problems produce faith. Now, if you doubt me this morning, we could test it. Matter of fact, we could probably test it immediately because we have a lot of young mothers in here with little babies. Okay, those little babies, we can put this patience to the test. The next time that little baby gets hungry, don't immediately feed the baby. Don't immediately give him or her the milk that the baby desires and see what happens. I can tell you what's going to happen having raised two of those my own. They're going to throw a fit almost instantaneously. I, I've seen, I remember my boys perfectly calm, relaxed. But when something gets in their mind that they're hungry and they want some milk, it's an instantaneous eruption. The babies have no patience at all. They have not learned patience. It's, I want milk, give it to me now. Ah, I'm going to throw a fit until I get what I want. I've never seen a baby say, Oh, well, there's mom. She's warming the bottle up. I'll just hang out for a minute. I'll be patient. No, they keep on screaming and crying. You can dangle the bottle right in front of their face, and they still keep right on going because they haven't learned any patience yet. They don't understand what that is. They don't know what it is. They haven't been through anything to teach them patience. A, a, a young baby doesn't care if I'm preaching in the middle of the sermon, in the middle of a sermon. Young baby doesn't say, oh, it's inappropriate right now for me to scream and cry. That baby's going to yell wherever it is, in a checkout line or in the middle of a church service if it's quiet and considered inappropriate. That baby's going to just cut loose 
because it does not understand patience. The baby has no idea of what patience is. No patience. But we go through problems, us adults, we go through problems and we begin to learn. We begin to gain experience and understand how God works. And we slowly start learning patience. The trying of your faith works patience, James says. Hmm. Now, James, strangely, and I have a hard time digesting this, but James tells us even to be happy when our faith is tried. He, he says, actually, to count it all joy. James says when a problem or this obstacle jumps in your path, he says, count it all joy. So, so I, I reluctantly agree with Dr. David Jeremiah when he says we need problems. Okay, I, I see what he's saying. I'll agree. But James makes it worse and takes it a step farther and says, count it all joy. He says to be joyous through your problems. Whew, that's tough to digest. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Diverse temptations is more than one problem. Can anyone say amen when James goes to tell us you will have more than one problem? Amen. amen. You're going to have more than one problem in your life. You're going to have diverse temptations, lots of them. Okay? Brothers and sisters, listen to me this morning. We need problems. We do. I know, I know that's not something to celebrate. It's even difficult for us to understand James when he says to be joyous in them. But we need them. They're necessary for us. we got to have them. Let's look and see what the book of Romans says about problems. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. You know, it was wonderful to see uh, the band played and, and Rod invited people down that need a miracle in their lives and lots of folks comes down and you know what that means lots of folks have problems amen lots of folks life is problematic it is but they're opportunities to god romans chapter 5 verse 3 says and not only so but we glory in tribulations also knowing that tribulation works patience and patience, experience, and experience, hope. And hope makes not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. The Apostle Paul is telling us that not only do they produce patience, but patience goes on to produce experience, and experience goes on to produce hope. All this good stuff being produced in us, why? All comes from problems. All comes from tribulations. The Apostle Paul says, hey, take glory through all that stuff. Because it's an opportunity for you as a human being to give glory to God. Problems are opportunities, brothers and sisters. It's so difficult, easy to say that, but difficult to do. I love how the Apostle Paul mentions experience you don't hear a whole lot of preachers preach about experience you don't but the apostle paul says hey that's one of the fruits that problems produce is experience and what is experience experience is when the problem happens to you when it when it happens to you when you are the one that goes through it experience is knowledge gained from direct participation in trouble in problems when you directly are involved with the problems 
If you cling to what you believe, you'll come out and you will have gained experience. Experience comes from a personal encounter with problems. Okay? When you get up close and personal with trouble, with trials, with tribulations, you gain experience. Experience comes when you're the one that passes through the fire. Experience comes from when you're the one that's passing through the rising waters and it's getting deeper and deeper and deeper and you say, hey, this isn't fun anymore. I don't like this anymore. You begin to gain experience. It produces experience. Patience, then patience, experience, and experience hope. When you're the one, when, when you're the one that the storm comes and it's slamming up against your house, Remember we read a couple weeks ago that the storms beat vehemently upon that house. When a storm is beating upon you, you're gaining experience. You are gaining experience as to what it's like to have your faith tried. You're the one participating directly in it. So you can't gain much experience when he's going through a problem or when it's her problem. We cannot say, man, yeah, God bless you, brother. I'll pray for you. But I'm not gaining any experience. You gain it when you go through it. You know, and, and when you're in that problem, and then it passes and you come through, you've gained some experience. You, you can come through that problem and you can look back and you now know God is real. God is faithful. Jeez, what I read in my Bible came true. He brought me through it. And you only get that perspective from experience when it happens to you you know we we go through these problems and, and i hate to see people going through it i hate to hear someone lost their job i hate to hear someone got a bad health report i i hate hearing that stuff i usually always try to be involved in prayers up here because i i hate seeing people go through problems but man when we go through them listen we learn a little bit about god we see him just a little more clearly. Oh, in my group Sunday night, I got a good group and I love hearing from them. And it's just been wonderful. And I feel like the Lord knits our little groups together. But in my group, numerous people, it was funny because numerous, several of us said that when they had a health problem arise, or one of their family members or someone close had a health problem arise, Every one of us who spoke said we immediately had ourselves dead and buried. Or, or the person with the health issue was dead and buried, gone, over with. And it was funny because all of us, everyone who said that, gone, dead and buried. They're going to die. I'm going to die. Not going to make it. It's already a done deal. It's over with. You know why we say that? It's a lack of experience. Lack of experience. We hadn't experienced this before. Uh-oh, here's this problem that pops down our path. That's it, I'm dead. It's game over for me. That's because there's no experience. You know, the, the funny thing that I noticed was every person that said that, and it was numerous people in my group said that, funny thing is, every single one of the people that said that, either they're still alive or the person they're referring to is still alive. Go figure that. Each of those people goes through that and we gain experience. Because of problems. Problems. I'll, I'll make a quick disclaimer here. I may or may not have been one of the ones that said that in my groups. <laughs> I, I, I had a weird little health thing many years ago and I remember 
Soon as a little blip comes up in the map, I'm dead. That's it. Shannon's going to be single, raising them kids alone. I'm dead. I'm toast. It's over for me. But, you know, you go through those things, and then you can look back, and you can reflect on them. And that's where you grow. That's where your faith gets a little bit stronger. That's where you gain a little bit of patience. That's where your patience converts into experience. It all happens through problems. Had I never went through that, had those people in my group never went through that, then they wouldn't be able to look back and draw off of that experience. You know, I I don't know about you, but when a little problem comes up in my life and maybe I need some advice or an ear, someone to listen to me, I seek the person that has gained lots of experience. That's who I go to. I go to someone who has lots of experience I go to someone and says, hey, brother, I've been there, I've done that, i got the scar to prove it. Hold on to the Lord, brother. Stay strong in your faith, brother. Don't doubt him for one minute because I've been in the same place you have. I like going to those people. I like to hear what they have to say. I like to hear their perspective. I don't want to go to the person that says, I don't know, I ain't experienced anything. Everything's good. You won't see me seeking that person's advice. You won't. I go to someone who says, brother, I've been there, and this turned out to be true. That's who I go to seek when I need a word of encouragement. I go seek someone who says, brother, I've already faced death. I've seen it. I like to go to someone who says, brother, I've faced rejection. I've been rejected. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 Listen to what this says. It says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? For he is faithful that promised. Amen. Brothers and sisters, you've got to cling to that. Even if there is no physical evidence to the contrary, you have to cling to your faith. You have to cling to what you believe in. Why? Because he's faithful that promised. All the promises of God are yea and amen. And I'll cling to them to my dying breath. Hold fast the profession of your faith. Cling to it. Squeeze it with all your might. If you're in the middle of a trouble, hold on to it with all you got. Cling to your faith that Jesus is Lord and He is who He says He is. Experience, hope, and patience. All fruits that come from trouble. All fruits that come from trials and tribulations. Now let me ask you something, New Hope. What would you be like if you didn't have any trouble? If you've never had any trouble in your life, what, what kind of a person would you be? What kind of a faith would you have if you never had any trouble, no problems at all? What kind of a Christian would you be if everything was perfect all the time, God answered every prayer instantaneously, immediately took everything away that you didn't like, anything that you perceive as negative, he made it go away so that everything was good all the time. What kind of Christian would you be? I tell you, you'd be just exactly like those little babies that we talked about a few minutes ago. Right as soon as something comes up, ah! we'd be crying and throwing a fit. Make this go away, Lord. And I know that every one of us has cried and thrown a fit to the Lord. Amen. I, I know I have many a times something comes up, you immediately are throwing a tantrum to God. How could you let this happen? Why, Lord? Is that need? I don't want this. You see how much easier my life would be if this wasn't in it, Lord? We throw those little tantrums. But sometimes I think when we're in the midst of a problem, the Lord just steps back and he lets things go on. Go on. Say what you want. Throw your little tantrum. 
I'll see you on the other side of the problem. God is a good God. He knows what we need. You know, trouble, problems are the medium for which spiritual fruits grow. They are. Trouble and problems are the petri dish for which spiritual fruit grows in our lives. Problems. And we need them. Well, we'd just be like a bunch of screaming and crying babies if we never had any problems. Nope. We'd be a, a church full of people with no experience. We'd be a church full of people with no patience. And did you see what experience produces? Hope is what it produces. We'd be a church full of people with no hope. That's exactly what we would be. You know, sadly, we do have lots of folks. We, you see lots of Christian people around these days that don't have any of those characteristics, patience, hope. None of them. New Hope, listen to me now. Problems drive us to prayer. They drive us to prayer. When everything's good, you might not feel the need to pray that much. Problems drive you to your knees. They force you to your knees because you got nowhere else to go. Problems drive us to grow. They cause you to grow in Christ. They cause you to grow in your faith. Problems drive us to the Word. The problems rise. It causes us to read a little more. Maybe I better go see what the Bible has to say about this. Problems drive us to the Word. Problems grab hold of our attention. Some of us don't like to listen. Some of us like to be about our own ways and doing our own things. But problems grabs a hold of us. It forces us to pay attention to the Lord. Problems grab us and make us refocus on what truly is important. Sometimes we get driven by business or career opportunities or growth in our career or money or whatever it is. And God says, hey, let me use this situation here to refocus you on really what is important. All because of problems do that. You know, when we don't listen to the Lord, I'm telling you, be careful because he may just chasten you. You know that the Lord chastens those whom he loves? No, I think we have maybe a lot of people that says, no, no, the Lord doesn't do that. The Lord wouldn't allow any of that. He, he won't do that. But that's funny because that's not what I read in the Bible. It's not. Listen to what the psalmist says. In Psalms, 119th chapter, verse 71 says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. The psalmist is saying, you know what? I'm going to be honest. It's good for me that I've had all these problems. People are chasing and trying to kill me, trying to take my life. It has been a good thing in my life. Why? Because it's caused me to learn. It's caused me to learn what is in this book here. Problems cause us to learn. Amen? They cause us to learn. Some of us listen. Some of us have a hard time listening. Problems cause us to listen. They will. We, we don't listen to the Lord at all. We're bebopping along, and then the problems come, and then we start saying, hey, wait a minute, is God trying to say something to me here? I'm going to bring this to a close. If I can invite, invite Rod and the band back as they make their way, I want to read just a, a perspective of our Lord Jesus Christ that he gives. And it, there's a lot in this. But there's something I think we can take away this morning from Matthew chapter 18. Listen now, this is something that Jesus preached. This is just fantastic. Matthew chapter 18, verse 8. And I've been thinking a lot about this lately. It says, 
Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet and be cast into everlasting fire. Verse 9 says, If thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes and be cast into hellfire. You understand what the Lord Jesus is saying here? He's saying, my children, it is better for you to come into heaven full of problems, all tore up with no hand, no eye, maim, limping your way. It's better for you to cross the finish line into heaven full of problems and tired scars all over you than to be full with no problems at all, everything is okay, and to be thrown into hellfire. That, that's the Lord's thoughts towards us this morning. He says, my children, if you, if you are limping and you're full of scars and things are hurting on you and torn up, His first priority is not to heal all those things in your life. His priority is, I want you in heaven with me forevermore. And I'll take you limping your way, crawling if you have to, wheelchair in your wheelchair, with your cane, whatever it might be. He'd rather you limp your way across that finish line and be in heaven with Him forevermore than for Him to take away all your problems and then you be cast into hellfire. Let's stand this morning. Father God, we are reluctant this morning to embrace our problems. We're reluctant to admit that we need them. But Lord, I believe every person here knows that we do need problems. And Lord, You have allowed them to happen for whatever reason, forever different reason in our lives, Lord. You allow things to happen, Lord. Lord, I read the book of Job and I see the things You allowed happen to Him, Lord God. Lord, I just pray that we can learn through our problems. Let us gain patience. Let us gain hope and experience, Lord, through our problems. We have many people with many problems, difficult problems in this body this morning, Father God. But Lord, let us learn experience. Let us be an experienced group of people this morning. Lord, that we can take that experience out into this world. And Lord, I pray that through our problems, Lord, that we, your children, your people, glorify you. That's what we want to do with our lives. Ultimately, is bring glory to our God. And Lord, I pray for every person going through a difficult situation, Lord. Lord, I pray you accomplish what it is that you set out to do. Lord, I pray that you receive the glory through all the problems that people are going through this morning, Father God. We love you, Lord. Lord, let us just sing to you one last time before we go. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Brothers and